Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome in, everyone, to a Saturday, a spinny Saturday edition of the Best Bet Show. This is the Fuel of 68. It's all sponsored by Bet Rivers. Matthew Cox back in the HQ, no longer in the Naples Satellite Campus. Mr. McKeon to my left, Jim to my right. Lots to get to today. I don't really care what you guys learned last night, so I'm going to skip observations. A little curveball at you. Let's go right wow. to action. Kai, you ready? Stay on your toes. I guess, Matt. Sure. Okay. You take, you'll find, share something. You'll learn something <laughs> profound and share with the people. But I want to talk games. Lots to get to today. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, first of all, a little tough stretch for the boys here. Uh, the best bets. We should acknowledge it. Oh, okay. We are tough, thinking. Tough stretch for the boys. The do theory. Okay? The February is tough. February is tough. Uh, New Mexico got back in a big way yesterday. They beat San Jose State by 28 on the road. They rose 15 spots in Kim Palm Gym. Galen House matters. Go Lobos. That was my takeaway. I wrote Jalen House matters just a wee bit. Okay, Matt, we can talk games. All right, Jim, right back to you. Kansas is hosting Baylor. Some people care about this one. Big 12 overlords going to battle it out. Um, Baylor is starting to rise. Jonathan Chacha, our guy, is back, and it's so good to see him, the heart and soul of that team. Kansas is Kansas. They're at fog, and Kai astutely pointed out this morning that they've not been as dominant on their home turf this season in conference play. Just such a tough league. Uh, Baylor catching five on the road. I think there's a little valor, value on the Sikkim Bears, Jim. What do you think? I think it's odd that Kansas hasn't been that good at home because home teams are 36 and 29 against the spread in Big 12 play. It's not like no teams are doing well at home. Mm-hmm. It's Kansas has kind of been one of the few exceptions. I mean, they got smashed by TCU at home. They had a bunch of games in a row where they won close games when they were six or seven point favorites. All that said, Kai, I lean their way today. Uh, I think the Jayhawks have a decent matchup here with the way Baylor likes to switch everything on the perimeter. Kansas is much bigger on the wings. I think Jalen Wilson is going to have a lot of advantageous matchups getting downhill against Flagler or Cryer, and those guys just can't stop him. Could lead to a lot of uh, free throw trips for Mr. Wilson. Kai, we know the fog has a decent whistle. Uh, A decent one, yeah. Yeah, decent. decent. <laughs> uh, Matt, you mentioned on uh, the action show that Bill Self is 18 and 13 against the spread with uh, against Scott Drew. So maybe there's something there. It's not a ton, not a mega strong angle. Uh, but the home team has also won five straight in this matchup. I think it matters between these two. 
Very evenly matched. Great coaches. I lean towards Kansas. Did not bet it, though, Mr. McEwen. Yeah, those numbers on, on Kansas at home, five and eight. Minus two cover margin, so not great at home. It's it goes against what your what the thought process is, but it's fog. I respect it still. Um, both teams are playing fantastic right now. Both teams are still in play for a one seed in the tournament. Both teams still in play for Big Twelve titles. It's a big game. Uh, Baylor did win game one, controlled basically the entire uh, uh, way. Their glass dominance is what stood out. Forty percent of their misses Baylor grabbed against Kansas, and now they have JTT back in the lineup. Thamwa Chachua is back 4-0 straight up 4-0 against the spread with JTT back and they've been much better defensively um three three out of those four games they've had a lower adjusted defensive adjusted defensive efficiency uh than their current Big 12 uh average signs are pointing yeah. down which is good for defense lean Baylor plus 5 which is the worst in the conference so yeah just Still having the someone the some resistance up front is huge um just to put a bow on our data, our data raid, 43 and 23 against the spread. That is Bill Self um, conference revenge, basically situations when the last game against that team, they lost, uh, has not happened very often in his long reign as they've been the dominant force in that league, but pretty notable uh, data there. So Bill Self, pretty good basketball coach, makes the right adjustments. I think that does carry some weight in this game. Still, Eileen Baylor, I think you guys talked about it. Uh, we're going to stay within Kansas, Jim. The Octagon of Doom. Kai was there not so long ago. Uh, that will be the stage for Kansas State versus Iowa State. I have no profound takes in this game. I can't figure out either team. This feels like the hardest of stayaways. Iowa State, are they just completely falling off? Are they a slight sell for you? Um, what do you make of this? Kansas State also reeling as well. Laying three at home are the Wildcats. I think these are both teams where they're going to struggle a little more second time through the order going against the Big 12, where you've seen the Iowa State pressure. Holy crap, what do we do against it? All right, we're, we're going to be a little stronger against it. Kansas State, there was no Phil on Tang for a while, and they're like just repeated ball screens with Noel matchup uh, attacking with Keontae Johnson. I think you can kind of adapt to that. I just kind of lean towards the home team, Kai. I think Kansas State maybe is is closer to a buy low spot after Iowa State got a victory against shorthanded TCU midweek. Uh, but look, we backed K State a bunch recently um, as a group in our Action Network plays, and they have not done well. So I'm not willing to go to bat for the Purple Wildcats here, but I do lean their way at home, getting a little bit right, and I think that Iowa State offense is really going to struggle to score on the road. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome game. I, I love the games between the two upstarts in the league. A three or four seed is in play for the tournament. Game one was great. Um, both teams have kind of struggled. K-State's lost four or five. Iowa State three and five last eight. Iowa State controlled the game at Hilton, but it was a very good battle. Pretty evenly matched. Um, Iowa State found success off cuts, penetration. I agree with Jim. I feel like K-State returns the favor here. The Octagon is a tough play. The atmosphere is fantastic. And K-State did a relatively good job handling the ball against Iowa State's defense in game one. That should be even better at home this uh, this game. Also, K-State uncharacteristically very, very poor at the free throw line at Hilton. I um, think that turns around. They're a good free throw shooting team on the season. So I think they get to the line a lot today and actually make their free throws. Lean K-State, Matt, minus three and a half. Yep, K-State at home. I think that's the simplicity of my lean. Nothing profound here, no official play, but I do think they win this game. Um Question is, how many points do you see? 134 felt low to me. I think this actually can tick over um, if shots are falling, but I guess efficiency has been through the roof recently anyway. So yeah, overs are one, generally... Game one, 156 points. So there you up. go. 20 points less than, or more than 20 points less than the rematch here. I like the over there. Um, all right, we continue. 
to a notable matchup in the Hoosier State. My Hoosiers, Kai, hosting Illinois. A lot of narratives here, storylines to talk about. Um, but hey, before we get there, make sure for those of you who are Bet Rivers customers, and if you're not, please sign up now. Always want to add another book to your Rolodex of shopping outlets for betting. Uh, pretty enticing retirement boost, of which the Indiana-Illinois game is a one of many legs. Um, make sure you guys are using those probably boosts. Very, very helpful long-term ROI booster. But Kai, in terms of the X and O schematic matchup here, um, Brad Underwood, known for his stubbornness and sometimes not doubling the post, and that's when TJD... Kai, you're at this game. You can just tell people what happened. And does he make an yeah. adjustment in the rematch? I'm still not comfortable with this Illinois team. Um, they don't give me the the feel goods, the warm and fuzzies, Matthew. And Taron Shannon's not not playing tonight. He he didn't make the trip. That's yikes. Um, Indiana had a misstep against Northwestern, but otherwise they've been playing really well. I've been impressed with Indiana. Um, Big Ten home again seems to be worth a million points. I think Jim will give the numbers. I'm sure. I, I was at game one here. Indiana dominated, start to finish. TJD 35 points. He was unstoppable. Illinois couldn't get going. Couldn't get anything going inside the arc. Now, also, they were nine for twenty-three from the free throw line. They were completely rattled. They kind of, it seemed like they kind of quit. So you can't take that all. Uh, you you can't like base all your um, uh, handicapping off that one performance. However, I, I I do think Indiana is the side I lean here today, Jim. Especially without Shannon, I expect a better effort from Illinois. But that home floor plus no Shannon equals Indiana lean. Yeah, I thought Illinois would have a better effort after losing at home going to Penn State. And they could not guard Jalen Pickett. I have a feeling they cannot guard Trace Jackson Davis. It's going to be a 1v1 issue. Matt, I worry about a little bit of complacency from Indiana because they've already smashed this team once and no Shannon. Like that might get in their heads of like, ah, this Illinois team, they're shorthanded, missing a guy like that. Uh, we don't need to be all the way in. But I think having lost to Northwestern this week will help Indiana stay focused. If they were coming off a bunch of wins in a row, I'd probably be really in on the complacency angle. But I think because they just lost one, they need to get back on the right side of things. I, I like Indiana as well. Um, Kyle, you mentioned it. Big Ten home team, 64 and 38 against the spread in league play. Just a hair under 63%. Like, do you want to be against that? I don't. Right. I mean, that's, again, I'm just not going to belittle it. That's it. Uh, it's been bet up to six. So I'm not going to lay it at the current price. But if you want to be involved, you want to be on Indiana's side. I think this is a... Um, I, there's a real chance there's this is a bloodbath without Shannon. You could see I or Illinois folding without their um one of their heart and soul veteran pieces, especially with a shoddy game plan um that we saw last time out. All right, we continue. Last game here before we get to Chop Mob Round One, which will be a flurry of questions, I presume. Kai, going to the Mitten State where Michigan is hosting Michigan State rematch of an ugly, ugly game this season. Hunter Dickinson and company. Are we just out on this Wolverines team at this point? Um, I know they have injury concerns. Yeah. Terrence Williams out last game. So I think we have to yeah. give a little bit of a pass to Mr. Howard and company there. But still, I, I like Sparty on the road. Basically a short dog. That's my lane. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, Terrence Williams game time decision. I, I do think he matters. Um, however, I lean towards Michigan minus two in this game. Even kind of without Williams. Um, again, Big Ten home. It matters. And also Michigan's kind of fighting for its life, right? They, they might have already missed out on the dance, uh, but they still have a sliver of a hope. Um, Sparty won game one. It was ugly. It has 112 total points. Michigan was three for 20 from three. I expect the Wolverines to get back on track here. The Spartans defense is number one in the Big Ten, but it's also faced some pretty fortunate shooting numbers. Teams are hitting 26% of their threes against them in league play. That's not great. And Dickinson did have a big night. 
in, in game one. I think he does again. I don't think Michigan State really has a good answer for him. And I think this time Michigan on their home floor um, punches back against Michigan State here, Jim. So I lean their way minus two. Kai, what's Dickinson going to wear to the arena this time? Is it a ski mask to steal a win at home? I don't know. God, what a just comb your hair and and just wear normal clothes and just yeah. play. Show up, play <laughs> basketball, win a couple of games. You haven't been doing much of that this year. Maybe focus on that. Uh, yeah, Matt, I find it funny. We just talked about Big Ten. I don't want to be on the other side of Big Ten home. And you're like, oh, short road, short road dog here. G- give me Michigan State. I- I'm just like, I'm tickled by uh, going against that trend. I'm not going to do it. I, I also lean towards Michigan here. Bouncing back after kind of a disappointing first performance at Michigan State. They could not score. Michigan State's defense is good. I don't think it's as good as it's shown recently. That Ohio State game on Sunday was ridiculous right before the Super Bowl. Ohio State looked terrible. I think Michigan gets this done, Matt. Uh, Dickinson should have a big game, probably gets Sissoko in foul trouble. And hopefully the role players for Michigan are a little more comfortable at home, knocking down shots. You're Joey Baker's. Uh, pretty much him, I guess, uh, and Doug McDaniel. So I lean Michigan, Matthias. What do you say? Yeah, I forgot. I gave a a, re- a reason why I leaned toward Michigan State, but then forgot my whole spiel on the home court thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's right. One team's at home, one team's not. I lean toward the team that's at home. It's that, that simple. Although you could argue it's not as strong of a home court because it's the in-state rivalry thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't trust either of these teams. I definitely don't trust Michigan, even though they are at home. So nothing for me. Let's get to some potential stronger takes from the boys. Kai, Czar. No, Jim, Czar. No, Kai. It's Jim. Thank goodness. Yep, I'm your czar. Hit the like <laughs> button, folks, in the chat. Make sure you do that. And as mm. Matt mentioned, the Good house point. specials on Bet Rivers. Check out the Field of 68's bets there if you want to try to back Mr. Douster. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what he has to do today. All right, Kai, we're starting with the A-Sun, Queens at Kennesaw. Kennesaw oh, yeah. State coming off a monster win over yep. Liberty at home where they furiously came back from down nine with five minutes to go. You've seen a letdown here. I feel like that's the the natural inclination. Yeah, and the spread's pretty high. I and I and a sun home. We've t- we talked about it before. It's really strong. The, these home teams have been covering uh, a lot in, in the a sun. I love Kennesaw State. They're a fantastic team. They're solid on both ends, but it's a lot of points to a very good and well coached Queens team. And yeah, Kennesaw is off the biggest win in program history. A letdown is understandable, Jim. We would say so. I lean towards Queens. Right, Matt, how about a bounce back spot for UC Santa Barbara? They lost at home to Irvine without Andre Kelly. They should get him back. Ethan W. asked about this. He likes the uh, the Gauchos on the road. They've taken some money. What do you think? Yeah, I do too. Uh, I hate fading my Magpies with Riverside, who have been pretty good since they've gotten pulling back. And they're good actually without them relative to the spread expectations. I do lean their way. I also kind of like the Davis angle and the other side of that brawl where you get Ty Johnson back, I believe, today. So I think a little bit of an energy boost. But, I mean, Kelly's just such a massive piece regardless of that. So, yeah, I do lean toward the Babs. Minus three. Yep. Yep, I lean that way as well. Big West home court actually been one of the weakest in the country. So uh, surprising there. All right, Kai, Oklahoma at Texas, a Big 12 game not on the outline here. Do we think Oklahoma has folded? Have they given up on the year? Does Texas smash them? Uh, looking at a spread of 10 and a half, 11. I think. 11, yeah, 10 and a half. There it is, 10 and a half, 11. Yep, what do you think? We quote Bet Rivers here, Matthew. 10 and a half. Uh, no, OU's tough, man. I, I think OU's tough. They just beat K-State. It was at home. They are not good on the road. That That's for sure. At least they're not as good on the road as they are at home. But 10 and a half is a lot of points. Um, I, I have gotten burn fading Texas before I've done it a couple of times, but that's a lot double digits in the big 12 in general. I, I think I lean towards the doc here. 
All right, Matt, you get another minus three road team. That would be UNC Greensboro headed to Chattanooga. Likely still no Jake Stevens. UNCG off a tough loss to Samford in a battle for first place in this league. You getting another bounce back for a team off a loss with UNCG? Yeah, that was my hard lean. It's been bad up a little bit. I saw some one and a half openers. People pick those off as they uh, those greedy sons of guns usually do these days. Just think they dominate the rim. Um, yeah, without Stevens, this new good team is really, really perimeter reliant, shot making reliant. Greensboro's more balanced, more consistent, more ways to score. I think they dominate the lane. So I'd lean that this way in a good bounce back. A couple of SoCon Road bounce back spots, say Jim. Teaser for later takes. There you go. Uh Kai, UNC Wilmington at Delaware. Uh Delaware is laying one and a half. Wilmington just has not been the same team of late. Yes. Uh, Delaware has Jire Davis back. What do you think? Uh I lean towards Wilmington. Um, I, I've just not been impressed by Delaware this year and Wilmington, though they looked pretty poor in their, in their last game, they did actually come back and, and got the cover uh, on the road against Drexel in overtime. So maybe they're starting to turn the other way. Lean Wilmington. Matthew, Hawaii, your bows. They're on the wall behind you. They are going to the beach today. The beach is laying three at home. What do you got in this one? Jim, no one beaches like Hawaii. It's kind of what's in their blood, it's in their DNA, baby. I think Hawaii gets it done today. I know Beach has been really good despite their injury concerns. I think they have a better backcourt, as much as I love my guy McClanahan and Coleman, but I like Hawaii's execution. I think they can dis- stay disciplined, keep Beach out of transition as much as possible. Beach plays in transition no matter who they play, but I think they force Beach to play enough in the half court, play to their size, both get it done on the mainland. Interesting. All right. Kai, BYU plus 10 at St. Mary's late night game here. Miguel's still in that battle for the top of the WCC. We know that uh, Bar- Mark Pope and BYU is aware of the analytic projections, likes mm-hmm. to try to beat them, but SMC also needs to do that with the tiebreaker being the net in this league. What do you think? Yeah, first game was close, right? BYU uh, lost by one point at home. Probably could have won that game. I think they give St. Mary's... Yeah, I think they give St. Mary's a good fight here. Um, 10 points is a lot. Like I just said, double digits is, is a ton of points for two good teams. I think BYU is still a pretty good team. Um, they've lost three straight, but I, I lean their way against St. Mary's. All right, Matthew, you are the the whisperer of the Mac. Ball State on the road at Western Michigan, laying eh, seven and a half, eight. Um, not finding the exact bet rivers line. What do you think? That, that Just over a touchdown for Ball State on the road. Lean ball stay pretty hard. I think Western Michigan, I thought, was showing signs of life, competitiveness, but they've just been a complete sieve defensively. Um, kind of the same old story as last year. Ball State can really, really punish you inside with sparks. Offensively, just super balanced. I worry about Ball State's defensive consistency start to finish, but I think Lewis is like, you know, he has that Mick Cronin mentality. I think he's starting to reel into those guys to play a full 40 minutes. I think they're a good road favorite today. Right back to you, Maddie Mack. Buffalo at Akron. Akron, nine and a half point home favorite there, trying to keep pace with Kent State and Toledo atop the league. Uh, no take here. I don't like Lane Akron that many points, but Buffalo's half court offense is disastrous, and Akron can absolutely put you in the uh, the sleeper hole on defense. So, no action there for me. All right, Kai, Eastern Washington is laying eight and a half points at home to Northern Colorado, one of the more disappointing teams i think in our eyes Mm -hmm. Uh, is that too many today although eastern washington just continues to roll through this league yeah it feels a little high but i'm not going to get in front of eastern washington they might run the table at this point and northern colorado is a tough team to trust they are very erratic the way they can score get cold and allow every single team to score at will against them uh straight face just asked about that wcc tiebreaker i confirmed with 
the WCC themselves, their media contact. It is the net still, so confirmed. Uh, all right, Matthew, how about Pitt? Plus five at Virginia Tech. Uh, Pitt very much in the tournament mix. Virginia Tech has pretty much played themselves out. So does this make it a stinky line for you to see Virginia Tech laying five? No, because stinky lines aren't real. And um, my gut did lean toward the Hokies, but I just they have kind of trended too far in the wrong direction at this point to bet them here. So I'm not trying to force a bounce back or a good spot uh, awakening bet here on the Hokies. So no action for me. All right, Kai, how about Oklahoma State at TCU? This one has been bet up with the impending return of Mr. Miles for TCU. I'm seeing TCU minus seven. It had opened yeah. five. Are you riding with the Horned Frogs? Again, seems high, but it seems like a pretty good spot, too, for TCU, right? Miles back in the lineup, fully healthy. Oklahoma State, obviously, still without Avery Anderson um, on the road. TCU, strong home court. I lean towards TCU bouncing back here, though it does feel high. And Palm has this three, just to know. I mean, it's just one of those things where I think the market's too excited about TCU. It's like, let's relax a little bit. Let's kind of see it play out first. My take. Wrong. I like TCU. I think in it's smashing. Seven? I think it's a, I think it's seven? A good, yes. Okay. I think it's a good sell high on Oklahoma State. And I don't think Miles would be playing if he wasn't like fully healthy. And I think TCU with him is like a top 10 team. So I'm okay. With I agree with that. All right. Two more. And we will go back to the outline. <laughs> Kai from Renzo Bros, Northern Arizona, getting two and a half at Idaho. I think we talked about this on another show that we think there's a lot of points here because yeah. neither team can stop the other. What do you think? Yeah. I lean towards the over there. These two teams tend to score a lot and not stop the other uh, team uh, side. I guess I lean towards NAU, but I got nothing strong. All right, Matt, we're going to talk side and total of Florida at Pig Suey, an SEC game. Not on the outline, but we're going to talk more SEC right after this. Arkansas laying eight and a half, no Castleton. Where do you stand on this game? I actually kind of like Florida. It seems like everyone's just counting Florida for dead with the loss of Castleton. I know he's absolutely critical, and their backbone has been their defense, and he is the backbone of their defense. But I think there's enough depth there, smoke and mirror. And it's more about a Arkansas lack of trust for me, um, their lack of depth, their lack of perimeter scoring. The whole Nick Smith thing seems weird. I, I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. All right, interesting. Okay, Matt, back to the outline. More SEC on the horizon. All right, let's continue. Um, where's my outline here? Sorry, my screen just... Oh, there we are. Tennessee at Kentucky, a notable game to some, maybe the most uh, highly anticipated game on the slate today. And again, what, this is part of those uh, those parlay boosts on Bet Rivers. Make sure you guys check those out. Um, Jim, I'll go to you for this one here. Obvious revenge on the minds of the Vols. Um, this line did feel a little short to me, though. I was back and forth here. I don't trust either team. It's a true stay away for me. You're right with Big Blue Nation. Feels like there's value on that side just from a number of perspective. Uh, really? It's like one, one and a half now. I don't I don't think there's a whole lot of value on it with the way they've been playing. Not super impressed by Kentucky. I do think the matchup is fairly solid with Tennessee being more continuity type stuff offensively, not as not as much ball screen where you're putting Shibway having to defend in space. I think that's been a big flaw of this Kentucky defense recently. Kai Kentucky did relatively control the first meeting at uh, at Tennessee, and that was with a, a somewhat shorthanded roster, no severe wheeler there. Mm -hmm. uh, CJ Frederick's status pretty big for this one. I think having him in there boosts them, adds another shooter. Tennessee's got injury questions of their own with JJJ and Phillips. I'm sitting this one out. I, I've seen a lot of strong takes on both sides on this, and I I am not one of the people that has one. Yeah, uh, lines moving back up, back up to plus two now for Kentucky. Um, it is a huge spot for them. Um, I, when's the last time they've been a home dog? It's got to be quite a while. I don't think Alabama played them this year on the road, but uh, a win probably. 
probably gets them in the tournament here, Jim. I think Kentucky's currently on the right side of the bubble, just barely. A win here would be huge. Um, Tennessee, obviously, off that massive Alabama win. Again, sets up for a pretty good Kentucky spot. And I agree, Shibway, he he matches up with Plavich pretty well, and Plavich can't really pull him away from the rim on the offensive end. He doesn't get stretched out. JJJ is a big absence here. They won without him against Alabama. Um, I just I still think his absence matters. And CJ Frederick, apparently, on the leaning side of playing today, he's huge, especially with the way Tennessee can shut down the lane. I lean towards Kentucky, Matt, at plus two. Nothing strong. Yeah, I, nothing for me. I don't trust these teams fully healthy. I certainly don't trust them with two critical pieces, both on the fence. So um, I don't know. Don't get caught up in like the last second lineup news either. I just think you stay away from this game. So that's my super hot take, as lame as it is. Um, let's continue to your alma mater, Mr. McKeon, and Jim too. Kai, Missouri hosting Texas A&M. I like your Tigers here at home. Uh, a little revenge on the mind of Missouri after that tough, tough loss against Auburn, which in my opinion, just a bad matchup. Like the way Auburn can punish you at the rim. That's where Mizzou's kryptonite is. A&M has size, but I think their strength is more on the perimeter and the depth. I think Mizzou will bounce back and respond at home. Your take. Yeah, Mizzou's off their worst effort of the year. Um, it, it was brutal. Whoever watched that game, Mizzou could do nothing. Auburn did everything right. Can't play any worse. It's understandable off the Tennessee win. Uh, takes Texas A&M, I think their value is at their peak right now. I don't think they're getting much much higher in the markets. Um, they've been very impressive. A lot of it is due to fortunate scheduling. A lot of it is they're, they've been really good. But I don't think they're going to get any much uh, or much better, Jim, much higher. Uh, game one, I said this on this morning's show, Mizzou shot horribly from three, seven for 31, and they and him hit almost 50% of their threes. That's just not indicative of these teams' true shooting ability. Um, Mizzou did force a lot of turnovers in game one. I think they do that again. This game open pick over uh, on the uh, in the offshore books and the early openers got moved to minus two onshore, minus two at Rivers right now. I lean towards the Tigers at minus two, Jim, getting right at home. Yeah, I really like Mizzou here. Uh, I just think it's a great spot for them. And Texas A&M, another team we talked about on the show a little bit, uh, reliant on the whistle. They need to get to the free throw line to score efficiently on the road. I just think that's a little bit tougher to count on. Uh, Mizzou has been hack friendly recently. They've been willing to put teams on the line. It's been maddening, uh, but I think back home, hopefully they're a little more disciplined, mm-hmm. a little bit better whistle. And Mizzou's going to get a ton of threes against this very, very compact Texas A&M defense. I expect them to make them. They've got good shooters. They take pretty qu- high quality shots. I like Mizzou, Matthew. Minus two. Yeah, I, I think I would still lay that. Just a Only quick, can... okay. quick chat mom news on Kentucky. So Frederick's out. It was reported about 10 minutes ago, hence the line moving back up towards Tennessee. Okay. Makes sense. Matthew, go ahead. Only concern for Mizzou depth, which was a strength for this team, but now it's not as much of a strength. I guess they've had enough time off. That's my one worry. There's Who's playing? No one knows. Go million or Mosley plays. Right. Like, no one knows that. Tough to see, yeah. Uh, hey, we got two mid-major specials. Uh, theme here is battle for first place in the conference standings uh, as we inch closer to the finish line of these conference races. The A-10's been sort of a disaster this year, Kai. Thought it was going to be a potential multi-bid league. That has fallen way off of the mark. But VCU's been really competitive, and so has Fordham. As Rob Doster says, one of the biggest games in Fordham program history. Do we think they go into Richmond and give the Rams a game here. I am of the belief that VCU rolls them minus eight. What do you think? Yeah. Somehow this has a 10 title implications. Uh, <laughs> a win puts Fordham in a three-way tie with Dayton and VCU for first place in the a 10, which is nuts. They've been great. 
It's a, it's been an impressive job by Ergo. They guard very well and they don't make mistakes offensively. They they handle the ball. VCU's off that scare against Rhode Island. It was a really weird spot for them. Rhode Island just kicked off Freeman. You get a te- you tend to have to see a little bit of a boost, a weird boost there after getting rid of a guy like that. I, it's some psychological thing that we've noticed anecdotally. Um, they also shot one for thirteen from three VCU that game. So I'm giving them, I'm giving them a pass. Um, I actually lean towards Fordham here, keeping it kind of close. The pace shouldn't be outrageous. Fordham again handles the rock, and Fordham I think can kind of slow down VCU uh, on on offense. I think their defense can hold up here. I lean towards the. Maroon Rams at eight-ish, Jim. I agree. I, I think I have a pretty or have had a pretty poor rating on Fordham throughout the year. They're just <clears> better <throat> than I expected. Matt, we talked about like sometimes wanting to ride with current form at this stage yeah, of the season. Fordham is definitely playing that, yeah. I think Fordham has just some juice to him. I watched the press conference after their their home win over St. Bonaventure. The team is very connected. Ergo just could not stop gushing about like how much they play for each other and all that, and like the fact that they've turned Fordham into an awesome home court advantage. Even Mark Schmidt said to Ergo, like usually when we play here, it's Mm -hmm. mostly our fans and you guys have kind of made this like a, an actual tough place to play. Now this is on the road. This is at VCU. So throw some of that out. I just think it's representative of how Fordham is undergoing a complete identity shift. I lean their way, Matthew. I I think they can definitely keep this close. I I like backing these to you off of weird, questionably, um, disappointing efforts. I just think that the way Mike Rhodes coaches, he lights a fire under his team. We saw it earlier in the year when they kind of had a little bit of a lull and they went on that mini run. I think after that near disaster at Rhode Island, who's been kind of a shell of itself, I think they come out really locked in today at home. But I do think it's a high number. I, there's certainly no value in the price here. Kempom has it eight, so market's right on where the analytic sites have it. But I, I, just a gut feel. I think VCU asserts their program historical dominance over the up-and-coming <clears throat> Maroon Rams. All right, Kai, where the smart kids play, to the Ivy we go. Princeton hosting Yale. Yale's quietly turned their season from, well, a really strong non-con start to a disastrous conference start to now a little bit of a resurgence. Again, they're back on the up. Uh, Princeton's been at the top of the totem pole for most of the season. Key injury news here, though. Matt Nelling, debatably Yale's best Mm. player, uh, uh, will not play today or is unlikely he was, Jim, you have the news, that he was hurt his back, I believe, last game. So yeah, he I like think that explains some of the money half, coming on Princeton. Really. Ankle okay. for the chat. So yeah, Princeton laying a point and a half. Kai after it open ankle, excuse me. So th- he has a boo-boo. That's all we need to know. Um, Kai, do you like the Tigers at home with the nulling news? Or are you looking to fade against that? I, yeah, I mean, that kind of swings my lean towards Princeton. My, my initial lean was, was Yale. Now, Yale did play well without nulling uh, in, in the lineup. They, they somehow stay competitive. They are, they are deep. And remember, Yale won the first game here. It was a perfect spot for them. They, they were kind of off their... Slow start. Um, Princeton was kind of riding high. We Yale, Yale won by 22 points. They really pulled away. Um, a win here by Yale pulls them into a first place tie with Princeton. Um, they are that off that loss to Penn. Princeton just beat Brown. I think these teams are pretty evenly matched, Jim. All healthy. Um, Yale's probably the best all around team in the Ivy. Still, they nobody controls the paint better than Yale on both ends, and they're also the best three point shooting team in the Ivy. Home is not worth much in the Ivy. We we know this. I had it lean a lean towards the Bulldogs, Jim. The Nolan news probably has me just staying away. Yeah, it's it kind of opposite for me where I was in the middle and now I'm starting to lean towards Princeton <clears> without him. They struggled to generate quality shots against Penn yesterday and Penn's defense is not good. So that's a little bit concerning to me. Um, they still defended really well. Yale yeah, was awesome in the paint with Jarvis uh, defending the rim. Isaiah Kelly, also a beast in there. But yeah, Matt, not being able to create shots for some of those three-point shooters, not getting Mahoney open, not getting Pulakitas open, that's a real concern. 
I kind of like Princeton here having uh, I like that team playing at home in the back to back, not the one that has to travel right away 24 hours. So it lean to Princeton for sure. Uh, hard lean to Yale for me. I'm trying to find the splits of Yale is, I think, dominated Princeton historically. And I think in the current, I guess the recent matchups with Tosan as the fulcrum of Princeton's offense, they play inside out. Yale's um, formidable front line is a good kind of neutralizer to that. Jarvis has been like my guy since he stepped on the floor at Yale. He's the perfect, uh, not kryptonite, but at least counterpunch to to Tosan up front. I think Yale takes this one. So I'm riding with the Bulldogs, Mr. James Jones. 7-3 uh, hey. ATS last 10, Yale. Okay, there we go. Yale's I like data. 10 straight up, though. 9 so. of 10 straight up, 7 tickets. I like that. Good. Maybe I might add that late. Thank you for the data support, fellas. No it's time for chat mob. No lowing. Doesn't matter. Jarvis is my guy, baby. It's all you need. Okay. Uh, chat mob round two. Let's do it. All right, Matthew. I know you have a take on this one. Larry Gibson asking about Tulane. Headed to South Florida. Greenway weighing, I think, four on the road. Yeah, wavy. I just think they're really good. The the week off is huge for a team that's not that deep. Um, kind of a weird place to go in and play. You know, South Florida's been better, but I think Tulane's just the the better team. Hunter's got this team rolling. Yeah, our guy Stucky mentioned that South Florida not good against zone, not good against press. That is a problem against Tulane. All right, Kai. A couple teams that I have had a lot of frustrations with: Illinois State. They're on my do not bet list. They are headed to Indiana State in a battle of the ISUs. Home Sycamores laying 14. What do you got? Yeah, I thought it was way too high, but Indiana State's a dangerous team and a scary team to fade. They can get white hot. They can blow teams out, especially at home. So I stayed away, Jim. Matt, Tinley Monk asked about FIU headed to Middle Tennessee. Do we see a little letdown for the Blue Raiders after they just knocked off FAU? I did. I mentioned to Tinley in the chat, I have two anecdotal examples may not be enough where FIU has played a team really competitively after FAU played that team before middle Tennessee and UAB come to mind. So I think FIU is a playing better and B getting teams in good spots, trailing behind FAU and the travel partnership. So situational angle there. I like FIU catching eight. Uh, one risk, no Guadarrama for FIU last game, big Guada daddy. I think he oh, our boy for them. So, okay. Uh, Kai in the summit. Western Illinois on the road at St. Thomas. The Tommies laying eight. I believe they've been an awesome home team against the spread. I can get those numbers while you discuss. But what do you? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Anecdotally, they have. I, I feel like they were home or strong last year at home too. Um, nothing strong here against the spread at home. Plus seven and a half cover margin. So very good. Uh, cover you lean towards St. Thomas there then. Uh, Western Illinois is dangerous though. Trenton Master, he could be the best player in that league outside of Asmus. Um, he's been incredible this season. Stay away. I hate the summit. <laughs> I agree with that. St. Thomas at home. I, I that's that's definitely the lean. Matt, Fresno State. They are one and a half point home favorite against Colorado State, a team that's kind of been shorthanded recently. Another question from Larry. What do you got? Isaiah Stevens yeah. game time call, Matt. That's all that matters, right? Um, and who else is back for a state? Colorado State's back we got healthier, but Stevens kind of negates the return of Jackson and others. Lake, Lake yeah, Lake is back too. Still, Stevens means more than those two combined. On the other side, Isaiah Moore, the predominant rim protector for Fresno, did not play last game. I don't have an update status on him. Too many concerns for two teams I don't trust. Too volatile. Just stay away here. Kai, this is a an interesting one here that I don't have a strong take on, so I hope you do. Texas State at Coastal Carolina. Last game, Coastal Carolina was without their big man, SM Mustafa, who I think mm-hmm. actually matters a little bit. They still won, uh, but without him today... Do you have any take on this one? 
No, no real take. It's really hard to get a firm rating on Texas State with the way they've had guys in and out of the lineup all season. So I've been generally avoiding their games. Uh, Texas State, a one-point road favorite there. So, yeah, tough to figure. All right, Colgate, Matthew. They are getting, uh, excuse me, laying 18, 18 and a half at home to Holy Cross. Man, it, it feels high, but Colgate can really put it on you. Any take on this game? Yeah, I agree with Kai with his point. It's probably too many. I do lean toward Holy Cross, but the you know look at the total. It's been bet up to 150, up five points. Give you an indication on how this game plays out. Probably really high scoring, so 18 points will feel like 10 points pretty quickly if Colgate starts making shots. I would be weary about taking the points, but I think that's the right play. Uh, I'll take this one from Michael Buena. Uh, Nevada at Utah State. Utah State laying four and a half. I actually like the Aggies at home. Fantastic home environment there. Not ideal travel for Nevada. And I think Utah State played them competently in the first one. Nevada just hit a lot of shots in the first game. And Utah State is in that, like, we need wins desperately to even get close to the bubble. I think they get one uh, today at home against Nevada. Of note, Utah State, part of the F of 68, field of 68, bubble burster with Kentucky, Utah State, Wisconsin, all to win. So if you like that, check that out. Link. There you go. Uh, Matthew, Auburn's yeah. on the road at Vandy. Vandy, three-point home dog. You have been beating the drum that Auburn's a fraud. Do you stand by that? I don't fully stand by that. I don't think they're a fraud. I do think they looked a lot better last game against Mizzou in a really good spot and a really good matchup. And I am fading them today with the Vandy boys, who have been awesome because Liam Robbins is a complete destroyer at the rim. Jonah Broom is playing today. That was a key concern for the Tigers. So he's a good, it's good for Auburn that he's back, but I think Robbins has the edge and the way Vandy's playing currently gives him a pretty big edge in this game. I took Vandy Moneyline actually at plus three and a half, whatever the uh, plus 150, I think. Robbins has been unbelievable yeah. since he came back. Like the stats are Both ends, insane. Outrageous, yeah. Uh, Kai, Utah at Arizona State here. Utah just got smashed by Arizona. ASU lost at home to Colorado. Both these teams in a bit of a, a rut. Which one gets out today? Yeah, my 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 Sun Devils, man. They're they might be cooked. Uh, disappointing effort against Colorado. I thought thought they'd cover that one um, against Utah. I, I lean towards the Utes here at plus three and a half. I, they still have a really good shot at the tournament. Both teams kind of have a shot, but Arizona State's is dwindling by the day. Utah is kind of up and coming. Lean towards the Utes. No Utes, no Gabe Madsen, uh, which hurts their offensive ceiling a little bit, but yeah. uh, still still like the Utes there. Matthew, your Blue Devils, John Mitchell asking about them on the road at Syracuse. Hit us with some knowledge. I don't have a lot of knowledge, Jim. Um, I think, as you mentioned earlier, that Duke does dominate the boards. I just think Syracuse is trending up. Uh, just like the way they've been playing, especially on offense. Edwards has been a good uh, force up front for them. I just think it's a game that Syracuse plays well, and I know Duke is maybe a by-low too, but just those two factors cancel each other out. So no action for me in this one. Yeah, Eileen Duke. I, I'm not as in on Syracuse as Mr. Matthias is. Kai Egg Bowl, Mississippi State, three and a half point favorite at Ole Miss. Is it short Ole Miss? They might be like completely quit. Kermit yeah. Davis out the door type stuff. Yeah, they might be done. And, and Miss State still very much in play for an at large. Um, it is a big rivalry game. I, I tend to throw out the, oh, this team's quit when when a huge rivalry is involved. Ole Miss can certainly win this game and compete. It's not like Mississippi State's dominant offensively or anything like that. Um, but I do lean their, their way a bit at minus three and a half. Matt, in the ACC, Miami, <clears throat> six and a half point home favorites against Wake Forest. Deeks need wins. to. This is basically the, the week for Wake Forest. Yeah. Two road games that they could pick up uh, potential bubble opportunities. 
Uh, high total, 157.5. Yeah. Dan HS, if you have a take on the side or total here. No, spread does feel a little high, but again, when you're talking about a total in the 157, 158, you kind of have to normalize for that. Um, I actually like the over. As square of a play as that sounds, I think there's just so many points in this game. Miami has shown where they can get when they get caught up in a game with another like fast pace pusher, Cornell game comes to mind. I think there's one other one I'm forgetting about. They can just completely shatter these totals that even though they seem high, they actually are not. Yep. Uh, another one from Scott, Arizona minus 13 home against Colorado. I, I would play it. I think with Arizona potentially first half. Uh, also Colorado had that kind of comeback against Arizona state. That was revenge for early in the year when they had blown it against Arizona state. I think maybe they uh, run out of steam a little bit and Arizona is kind of rolling. They dominated Utah. Although maybe you get a less focused Arizona team because they were locked in for revenge on Utah. Kai, Seton Hall at UConn. Uh, spread right now, UConn laying 11, 11 and a half. Sonogo is iffy with illness. He might be in. That could be why the, the spread is ticking up. This game starts in 10 minutes, so I'm guessing people know that he's playing at this stage. Yeah, and a bit of a hot take. I don't think his absence is worth a whole lot because Donovan, Donovan Klingon is awesome. He's going to be Zach 82.0 next season if Sonogo's gone. Um, just watch out, man. He's he's incredible. This However, is like 11 and a half okay. slot. I, I'd probably stay away in this, in this game. It's like pretty last year where it's like less Williams is good for more Edie, less Sonogo good yeah. for more Klingon. I, I like that angle. Yeah, he's he's good. All right, last one, Matthew. Northern Iowa plus four and a half at Missouri State in the Missouri Valley. What do you got? Uh, I saw this open at like six. I must have seen a weird number or something. I like Missouri State here. It's not a team I think plays well as a large favorite. I mean, they're just a favorite in any number. Um, but I think this younger UNI team is not going to be as good away from home. Missouri State, I think, gets it done today. All right, that's it. Let's go to best bets. I will lead us off, I suppose. Um, God, best, but I already forget. I, well, I think, I think today. we are 0 and 7 in our last two days. So good. So let's Tread take a moment, folks. moment of silence for the, uh, the death of what was once a fairly profitable thing. Uh, my best bet taking LaSalle, the Explorers, Fran Dunphy, the boys have it rolling. Look at the results last four or five games. Talked about how their depth has been a huge boost, getting contributions from all across the board. They made a lineup switch. Uh, put Mr. Nickelberry, who's been their best core uh, creator, more of a super six-man. They got Anwar Gilback last game. There's no stars in this team. They're just playing really well as a team. And against a George Mason team that will likely be without ticket gains today. Uh, or sorry, Victor Bailey is out. Bailey. Gains yeah. return. I'm confusing those two. I think there's a ton. I think they won this game outright, actually. So keep riding the Explorers. Maddie Moneyline, Sprinkle. Plus six. I, I, I have seen... Kim English and George Mason won two games in a row in February for the first time in his tenure. So two years. So and maybe year, maybe right? you fade them off that two game win streak. <laughs> uh I did see a lot of Grambling Southern questions in the chat. They're playing in Salt Lake. I don't know why. I'm sure there's a reason. Uh, minus two and a half Grambling. That showcase. That showcase with right? the all-star game, NBA all-star uh, game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no takes. None. Zero. Uh okay. My best bet is Charlotte plus one and a half. They're hosting Louisiana Tech. This is mainly due to Kobe Williams. Kobe Williams uh, has been kicked, has, has left the team for Louisiana Tech. He's massive. And if you look at the Kempom spread, the line versus Kempom is one and a half points off. He's worth much more than that, in my opinion. Um, he's worth, he could be worth four or he's five, worth six. Six. I'll, I, I mean, six points. I'm dead serious. I think he's worth now, six points. First game without a star player. I said this before. Sometimes it works the other way. Weirdly, the motivation, the other guy stepping up. But per pivot analysis, 
Um, Louisiana Tech, nine points better per 100 possessions on offense, nine points better per 100 possessions on defense with him in the lineup. Without him, they're minus 18. Pretty bad. 18.8 points per game score. Highest used player, point guard. Charlotte for me, plus one and a half. Yeah, you could even argue Charlotte's a hair undervalued in analytics, too, yep. because the two games Khalifa. So, yep. uh, I like that one a lot, Kai. My best bet is an over because I'm sick of <clears> unders <throat> getting their butts kicked with pace going up. Louisiana, James Madison, over 152 and a half. Both these teams love to run offensively. So I think we'll get an even faster game than what we're seeing in projections. Louisiana is awesome offensively, kind of bad defensively. Uh, JMU has actually uh, got solid defensive numbers, but very boosted by teams missing threes and free throws against them. I don't think the defense is as good as it's showing there. I think we see a lot of points, a lot of possessions, over 152 and a half in the Cajuns and JMU. Matthew. Love it. And as we talked about earlier, overs are usually a good idea given how highly efficient every game seems to be these days. That concludes today's program. Good luck on wagers this afternoon, this evening. We'll be back on Monday. Monday. Unclear. We will post it on our Twitter. That's at 3MW underscore CBB. Always check that for the official times and tip-offs. Um, again, those profit booster on Bet Rivers. Make sure you check those out. Extrapolate all the value you can for your benefits. And that's all we have today. Good luck today. Take care.